Hello and welcome to From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. Today we've got for you Stu Hopewell, the COO of Alaire Homes. Alaire is a Nanaimo-based custom homes and renovations specialist that operates locally and across North America. Today with Stu, we're going to be talking about the company's background, their decision to grow through a franchise model, what it's like to do business in Canada and the U.S. while Corona's going on, and a number of his uh, personal management uh, strategies and best practices. We hope that you enjoy. Thank you again uh, for taking the time with us. Wondering it for the people who may not uh, know who you are, if you could just give me uh, and the listeners a, a quick bio on kind of who you are, what you do, and, and how you help uh, your customers there. Sure. So uh, my name is Stu Hopewell. I'm the CEO of Allaire, uh, Allaire Homes, and we uh, we basically customize do custom homes renovations uh, in the residential uh, field uh, across North America. Uh, and uh, we, we have two businesses here. We uh, in Nanaimo, our home office where Allaire was founded, we we support all of our other locations across Canada and the U.S. As well as we, we do residential construction locally at the original location. So we're still operating. Uh, doing renovations, doing custom homes here in Nanaimo. Uh, but we're also, this is home office headquarters for the entire business. So we, we support all of our locations. Fantastic. Yeah, it's great. A point of pride even uh, when they talk to people around the province that we have such a major um, a major business right right in the heart of Nanaimo. So it's fantastic. Um, can you walk me through kind of the origins of the company um, and just kind of how you got involved? I mean, I went through your LinkedIn kind of before this, but but obviously that doesn't do sure. Uh, sure. as much service as I could. Well, it, it was founded in 2007 by our CEO and founder, Blair McDaniel, and his wife, Allison. Uh, and they were my clients. I wasn't a home builder at the time. I was working in construction and, and I supplied them, uh, you know, engineered trusses, beams, windows to all of their builds. And eventually I, I got tired of working for uh, someone else and wanted to work for uh, myself and uh, was lucky enough to have a conversation with Blair and our uh, timing was right and, and we partnered up at that time. And, and that's when Blair really focused on driving the business and, and looking at other, um, other locations to expand. Uh, so that's, that's what we did. We started operating, uh, I started operating the Dynamo store, Blair focused on the expansion uh, and that was in 2011, 12, 2013, we, um, we did a, uh, a um, sorry, we franchised our model. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was, uh, that was interesting, you know, mo moving from uh, a location here in Nanaimo to multiple locations in Canada, as well as we opened our first US location in Phoenix, Arizona, in 2013. And uh, so that then for the, you know, the last seven, eight years, we've had consistent growth, adding, uh, you know, new locations each and every year. Uh, and now we're you know, in numerous communities across Canada and the U.S. and uh, and continuing to to expand. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, it's it, it is interesting. It's one of the things I did want to ask you about is kind of the franchising model versus maybe a growth by acquisition or just more literally expanding. Is I mean, if you could talk about that a little bit, but also I'm wondering if it's a little to do with the nature of people in the construction sector, if they wouldn't be as if you wouldn't get as much buy-in if you were kind of acquiring and they didn't have a, a piece of skin in the game? Does that play a bit of a role in how you decided to grow? Or A bit of the role, if we're being completely honest, uh, our first uh, experience of expanding was a secondary location that we operated ourselves in Victoria, just south of Nanaimo. And it was, 
how do you say it was a, a colossal failure we hired staff managing jobs from afar uh, and it was very apparent that because the the owners of the business weren't in town weren't in victoria weren't dealing with the clients on a daily basis um, it, it just didn't work the clients want to be dealing with the decision makers uh, you, 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 you can hire staff but if they don't have skin in the game they punch out at five o'clock as they should uh, and as a business owner you can't check out sometimes so you, you have to be there so we learned very quickly that corporately owned uh, secondary third fourth fifth locations it's not scalable so we needed to have an individual that was a, our partner in the business in each location because that's what people are buying you know we can name our company whatever it is but if the clients don't trust you as an individual and have a relationship with you face to face that can talk and, and converse and, and trust uh, the business especially in home building is never going to work so I, that that's how we sort of came across the franchise model and finding like-minded professional uh, business leaders award-winning builders in each one of our markets that can take our brand and use it to develop their business. Uh, that was the key to our success to date. Uh, and uh, I would, I don't think it would be, I don't know how it would be done any other way, to be honest. Yeah. No, oh, that's, that's fantastic. Can you speak a little bit about the, um, maybe even the screening process? You mentioned that you're talking about qualified builders. Yeah. Um, you know, can you just talk about how, how you kind of onboard and make a decision about maybe who the right partner would be? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a big thing that we do. We spend uh, quite a bit of time doing research. And, and to be honest, we probably say no more than we say yes, because it's a brand now. It's not just uh, Blair's business. It's, it's uh, all of us in it. And there's a, a lot of families that rec, uh, you know, re require us to, to live up to our brand standards. So we, we look for leaders in, in their industry, in their communities, uh, great customer reviews, award-winning, uh, proactive um, uh, business owners that are looking to, for something better. Construction, for the most part, has been the same for, uh, you know, generations. Uh, you pay someone to start, they start building, and they pay you at the end. And it really hasn't really evolved that much. And, and really trying to bring, you know, some technology and some, uh, you know, computer systems and processes into it to streamline it and make it more palatable for clients is the industry hasn't had the greatest reputation of being transparent and clear and people understand we've all heard the over budget over schedule you know uh, having a, um, a budget overrun in case because every construction project goes over schedule these are all industry standards that people have almost grown to expect expect in everything that, that's built and we're able to streamline that give them a lot more sense of uh, assurance that the budgets and things through our processes and this, these are systems that these builders that uh, are looking at our model as somewhere to to improve their business are really seeing some uh, gains in professionalism and, and support to separate themselves from every other builder in their community fantastic yeah no it, it is it's very cool it kind of a little uh, leads a little bit into this next question about sort of balancing the different customers that you serve you mentioned that you started out in Nanaimo and you and you fulfill um you know custom builds and renovations locally so you're serving kind of an end user customer and then also you know, maybe even more your your main customer is the franchisees can you just talk about maybe what that looks like from an operational perspective in terms of the the style that you would or the approach that you would take in managing those different 
types of customers? Well, it's, it's an interesting point, but I think it comes down to we're, we're servicing people. And, and the, the end result is, uh, you know, we, we make commitments, we have to follow through. So commitments for our end user, our client, our homeowner uh, is, you know, following through on our brand promises of on budget, on schedule, uh, doing a custom build, giving them assurance of what the actual build will cost and, and how long it will take. Those are keys to any successful construction business. If we deliver on what we promise, you're going to be a successful builder. Uh, for our franchisees, so how we support them from here at our home office is again the same, living up to what we promise, you know, giving them the, the, the backup and the assurance we can take care of all of their payroll and accounts receivables, payables, full-fledged accounting, bookkeeping, legal, marketing. We do all of that out of our home office so they can focus on what they're good at. They're typically great at dealing with clients and, and, and on site growing their business. They don't like to be writing checks at nine o'clock at night to get their payroll done and do their tax remittances. We have dedicated staff here that we can leverage, manage you know, 15 or 20 per, per accounting team, uh, and they can do what they're good at, which is the books. So it's, it's been a, a sort of a, a great uh, eye-opening experience for a lot of builders where they're able to leverage what they're good at, grow their business, and it's a brand. And as, as the baby boomer workforce ages, builders are getting to the age of thinking about leaving their businesses and maybe retiring. Uh, if you are, are a part of a brand, there's an asset there, there's a transition, you can sell it, you can move on. But if you work for Stu Hopewell Construction and Stu Hopewell wants to retire, it's not really worth that much and it's, yeah. it's tough to move on. So another is, is that, uh, that work work-life balance and, and transitioning out of the workforce and into, into retirement, that being part of a brand has been helpful with that for a number of our, our, our location and our builders. Yeah. You know, that's a really interesting point. I had not thought about that, the succession aspect. We deal with home builders all across the province, and that is definitely something where they get into, like, let's say, in their mid-50s, and it's kind of exit time. And yep. then, you know, maybe they've got a great reputation, but it's kind of like, you know, what are the assets and the yeah. system and, and the, the customer list and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It goes back to what I was saying earlier is, uh, you know, it's, it's not the brand. It's not the name that they're going with. It's the individual. So if you have a builder in Prince George that does wonderful work, it doesn't matter if they're called Stu Hopewell Construction or a lair, it's their reputation that grows it. And that's, that's the, the big thing is it's growing that reputation and transferring it on as, in, it, as an asset rather than just what selling your truck full of tools and, going on the beach somewhere there's there's, <laughs> there's some uh, succession planning awesome very cool okay no I, I appreciate you sharing that um one of the things uh, i mean you alluded to it a little bit in the in the beginning the difference between the canada and the u.s on the impact corona has had can you maybe contrast um what that's looked like for uh, us yeah yeah it's it's been sort of uh it's been big yeah you know for for us, year over year, we, we've been lucky since, uh, and you know, we franchised in 2013. Like I said, we've seen pretty consistent growth year over year, both sides of the of the border. Then COVID hit this year in Canada. Uh, our business grew, but like you know, two to five percent, pretty pretty flat for the year, where we saw 50, 64 uh, percent uh, increase in the U.S. Uh, year over year. And that, that comes from two different ways. We, we added some more U, U.S. locations. People converted to the Allaire model, which all, all obviously helps. But there's also locations that have never been busier. 
uh, and that that drives the growth as well. So overall, the company wide, we had positive, but it was this year in 2020, I should say last year, I guess now, but uh, 2020, the growth was driven by the US side of the business. Wow. And for those regions where there was that rapid growth, was that between customs and renovations together? Or was there like more renovations just like work from home increases, that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, obviously in Canada, we, we saw more renovations than this year than we have in the past because people were spending more time at home and they they were looking at more things that they wanted to get done. So renovations were starting. But when we get to an ur more urban environment, our locations in Vancouver, Calgary, uh, Regina, uh, Toronto, in Canada, we already see more renovations. Land costs, people don't want to move. They're already a great neighborhood. Let's do a renovation versus a new build. In the U.S., it's the same. You know, so our, our locations in you know Atlanta and in Florida, uh, in Texas, they're doing more renovations there than than uh, new builds. We still do new builds, but uh, the the split of new builds to renovations is roughly 50-50 in the U.S. and is getting that way in Canada as well. That's great. Um, forward looking, next six or so months, what does it look like for, for you as an organization in terms of priorities? Um, I think moving forward, I think it's going to be a bit of the same, uh, you know, until we, we all of us start getting these vaccines and we're able to start removing uh, some of the constraints that we're experiencing as business owners. Uh, but the growth is the same. We're, we're bringing on people uh, still. Uh, again, we've added a couple in Canada and we're adding another couple in the States this month. Um, so it's, it, we're, we're moving forward. I don't it's not going to slow down, but I think 2021 is going to be an explosive year for construction. I think we're already feeling it. If you talk to people in the industry, some of the supplies and trades are uh, you know, already ramping up. You're seeing, we're seeing increases and that's strictly because of demand. Mm -hmm. So company-wide, we're seeing uh, much more leads, much more uh, people inquiring about starts. Uh, so it's going to be, I think, an, a different kind of issue of how do we get everything done on time, uh, which is in our business a great problem to have. Getting towards the tail end here, just digging a little bit more on the personal side. You know, you're leading a big, you know, international organization. Can you talk about you know what you do to develop personally? Interesting. I, I think personally, uh, you know, I'm I'm reading a lot, uh, always taking courses, both uh, for personal growth as well as you know, uh, you know, building courses through Canadian Home Builders here in British Columbia. I'm always doing those type of things, reading audiobook or listening to audiobooks when I'm driving. Uh, business health growth, uh, you know, in, in the business side, uh, that it's it's part of what we do. Uh, we we always are talking about books to read uh, as a group. Uh, right now, we're a big incentive for our businesses. We're converting our business over to an EOS model. I don't know if you're familiar with EOS or traction. Gina Wickman wrote that book, uh, where we're we're really focusing on setting rocks and goals at, at a yearly level, breaking it down to a quarter, breaking it down to a month and a week. So I'm sharing that in, uh, company wide so that we're all working towards those rocks and goals, trying to move the bar every week, every month, every quarter, every year to achieve something. It's too easy as we grow as a business to get tied down with the busy work, you know, filling out reports and doing stuff, but it doesn't really move the business forward. So setting goals and, and getting everyone on the same page. And when we're all pulling in the same direction, we're seeing actual movement. So. That those are the type of things that we do on a regular basis. A big part of our business is really leaning on the staff, leaning on all of our project managers and our, all of our partners to uh, give 
innovations. We, we want the information so we can change process, constantly improving, moving, you know, because if you're not improving, you're, you're moving backwards and we want to improve and be proactive versus reactive. Number one piece of personal or business advice you've been given in your life. Oh, that's a good one. You know what? I, I would say, uh, you know, before Alaire, I, I was working for someone and the owner of that company said to me something along the lines of, Stu, if you're going to do something, jump in with two feet and just do it. And I, I, I sort of at the time, I remember thinking, what does that mean? Uh, but now it sort of makes sense. You're running a business is uh, w- w- when you make a decision to run a business or, or work in a, as in a position or a job. If you're not putting your full focus onto that, whatever you're, you're doing, uh, you, you can't do multiple things or I physically can. So, uh, you know, really focusing on what you're good at and that goes personally and uh, corporately, uh, f- making that one or two things really focus being the best that you can be making your business, the best that you can do in your field of, uh, expertise separates you from everyone else. If you diversify yourself too much in, in a business life, uh, you're sort of, master of everything, but, uh, you know, you're, not, you're not, not an expert. You're not pulling yourself away. So you, you get distracted. So that's for me, uh, that was the piece of advice given to me. And it's, uh, it's been useful a couple of times I've refocused myself and said, no, that's not what we should be focusing on. Let's get back to the basics and, and be successful at that. Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic advice. Very last piece uh, or question for you. Number one, um, restaurant on Vancouver Island for you. Oh, you know, recently we haven't been eating out. I mean, you know, we haven't been allowed. So, uh, you know, during the week, I'm uh, I'm on the phone, video conferences, phone calls. I'm talking a lot of the day because everything is online or, or video. So on weekends, I really like to unplug. So recently, we've been spending a lot of time getting some good steaks from like Meatcraft Butcher Shop in town, uh, barbecuing in the backyard, having bonfires and just spending quality time at home. It makes me relaxed and recharged, but th- there's so many, the firehouse grill or the view. Uh, there's, there's so many great restaurants here in town. Uh, but we just, we've been doing our part and just staying home as much as possible recently. Thanks for stopping by this episode of From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. We appreciate Stu taking the time out of his busy day to talk with us. Uh, Alaire Homes social and web links will be included in the description of the podcast and video depending on where you are consuming this. Thanks again for stopping by and we will see you next week.